previously on the Loyal Littles podcast. Wow. This is for like the people, they have a little project, they need a little bit of tape, they ran out, they don't mm -hmm. want to go buy a whole roll for like 25, because gaff tape's expensive. Yeah. Or uh, hoarders that are just like, oh my God, let me just get as much free crap as I can. That could be too. <laughs> wow. So Chuck, I, I don't know if you've been listening to the podcast, Chuck, but I got a whole set of golf clubs and a golf bag. Was yeah, Chuck is turning into that hoarder. Welcome back to the Loyal Littles Podcast on the WTFC Podcast Network. Welcome back. We have a full house today. We have Chuck, Simon, and Roxy on the mic. How are you guys doing? Doing great. Doing great. Doing great. <laughs> <laughs> We're all doing great. All right. Well, we've got a full slate. We've got so much to talk. I mean, hello. Baseball kind of snuck up on me. I don't know about you guys, but hello, it's here. It's already been Finally. opening day. I know. I don't it's even amazing. know what baseball is. It really snuck up on me. Really <laughs> Literally good. the greatest sport of all time. America's yeah, so, national pastime. Yeah. 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 Uh, it's, I believe you You all call it cricket, I believe, Simon. Uh, well, you believe wrong. Completely different sport. But yes, close enough. Ah, uh, <laughs> oh, bird. <laughs> <laughs> well, all right. Well, we've got tons to get into. We are going to get into some baseball. But we wanted to get into one quick update because we've been having this peeps discussion real quick. And Roxy, you <laughs> came up on something recently. Sure did. Cotton candy flavored peeps are probably the greatest peeps of all time. And I realize I just, I'm saying greatest of all time a lot so far, but they taste like cotton candy and they're just incredible. <laughs> I love them. <laughs> I, I have to agree. I tried them as well and I could not agree more. They are pretty great. There's so many different flavors out there now. I think Roxy, you were talking about a new one and we, I couldn't on the last episode and I couldn't remember what you said. Was it watermelon? It wasn't watermelon. What was it? No, root beer. Oh, root beer. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Well, well, when you say it's they, incredible though, do you think that it's better than cotton candy itself? And let's not get crazy. I think the actual thing of cotton candy is probably a lot better, but I did find that I enjoy the cotton candy peeps. Wow. Because so. I feel like if it can surpass the original flavor, then that is true. We've really transcended. Flavor. Okay. That's well, can, can, can we go back there real quick? What is the original flavor? Like, is there any flavor? Oh, like, I meant surpassing just marshmallow. the original flavor of cotton candy, but you know, oh, I I'm see, saying I if see. a different product can surpass the original flavor of what it's imitating, then that is next level, oh. you know? Well, that's a whole nother podcast, I think, but I do believe <laughs> Jelly Bellies do that in some places. <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying butter flavored popcorn Jelly Bellies are pretty great. That's all I'm going to say. And I know that might sound gross, but they are pretty great. I think cotton candy. Anyway, there's a ton of Jelly Bellies that I enjoy their flavors. A lot of them I don't like, but. Chuck, have you had that. the uh, the gross ones? I was, was going to say, I just played Bean Boozle. I'm tutoring yes, a Bean friend's Boozle. kid and Wait. we just played Bean Boozle. Yeah. Wait, wait, yeah. wait, what? <laughs> like, what? Chuck, go ahead. No, you. It's all the floor is yours, my sir. <laughs> my <laughs> sir. Boozle, I've never even heard of it. Bean Boozle. Clearly, we, we can bond over Bean Boozle. So it's it's where they've mixed together horrible tasting jelly beans and nice ones. And then you spin a spinner and it lands on a color and you have to pick the color. But the color has two different flavors that you might get. You're either going to get the nice one, which might be uh, pear or it might be vomit flavor. So there's this whole uh, range called Bean Boozle, and oh. it's disgusting when you get so it wait, wrong. Wait, now, is this an actual game, or is this just something you made up? It's a, it's a game. Like, yeah, yeah, they, sell it. they sell it this way. Oh, my gosh. I That's totally want to play. <laughs> yeah, but you only can play it once, right? I mean, then you have to buy more jelly beans or whatever, I guess, right? 
Yeah, there's a bunch though. It's not like one game and you're out. I mean, you're okay. over. There's a, there's quite a few in the set, but yeah, yeah it's pretty right. nerve wracking because you just it, don't have any idea what you're gonna be eating. Yeah, <laughs> and then most people play by the rules where you have to continue eating it. Like you can't spit it out. You have to. Yeah, yeah. Oh, dare, I say, uh, dare I say you have to swallow? Yeah. So. <laughs> That's what she said. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> on that note, maybe we should move on to baseball. Hello, <laughs> baseball is here. I have to say, ever since doing this podcast and interviewing all these great littles, it was the most stressful opening day for me. Okay. First of all, because our boys didn't play. Roxy, Boston was rained out. Well, Chuck against your Baltimore Orioles, among many other littles. Okay. So that was the good news for us because... I found it so stressful because I didn't know who to root for. I'm watching all these different games and you've got all these different littles that have come on and, oh, I'm a Nationals fan. Oh, I'm a, I'm a Twins fan. I'm a Brewers fan. I'm a Pirates fan. And it was really difficult. I don't know how you all felt. Did you get to watch any games? I watched the Spankies lose. That was delightful. Yeah. <laughs> yes. To the Blue Jays and extra innings. That was a good game. I kind of scrolled through and, and tried to catch the the games that were close and so i i was able to catch the the last four or five innings of that so yeah that was yeah, that was delightful good. aaron judge striking out in the bottom of the ninth to then have to go on second as the runner for the extra innings rule how do we all feel about that chuck probably okay with it it's it shortens the games a little bit i mean i'm not going to be diehard and say oh it's, you know it's not the way it always has been you know you kind of kind of evolve but i think that's part of what they want to do with this sport is try and keep it down to around two and a half three hour games instead of some of them go on for four or five hours you know with all the relief pitchers and all that stuff right. well i mean speaking of cricket we have cricket games that go on for five days so um <laughs> yeah but I, well, what we out. ended up doing is we just ended up creating new forms of the game so we still have what we call test cricket which is five days but then there's one day cricket and then there's 2020 cricket so like maybe you guys could something like that where you do like a 30 minute baseball game where you just like shorten down everything and it's super exciting so that that could be the future of uh, baseball okay follow follow what cricket did take take one or two minutes before we lose all our listeners and seriously explain <laughs> that to me five day cricket like they do sleep right they take breaks it's like to be continued right <laughs> Oh yeah, and we're Brits. We we literally have tea break. Take tea. You take lunch. You you have all the meals. Of you do. But then you're chasing lights. So like, as soon as the sun, if it gets too dark, then they they call the day, and then you come back and you keep playing, and you play two innings. But innings last a lot longer because where you guys, you only have three outs per innings. We have the whole team has to get out before it's the end of the inning. Um, okay. So it's a challenging. Bit, it's, it's obviously a different game, but yeah, it can sure. it can last up to five days. But okay, that's so why wait. We, so I have questions. Format. So let's yeah. start here. Legit question. Like, how are the games scheduled? Like, do you only have one game every five days just in case it goes five days? I mean, how does that work? <laughs> yeah, you, you'd probably only have one game a week. One game per so, week. Yeah. And typically international cricket, it's all scheduled a year or so in advance anyway. So they, they, they've accounted for that in the schedule. But yeah, you'd, you'd have one game a week if it's a five day. Yeah, I see. Right. Of course. Okay. Well, that's what I was wondering about. No, that was a legit question. And then real quick. And so you don't play under lights at all. Uh, not for original test cricket, which is the five days. No, but you do now for all the other formats so that it doesn't matter so that they can have nighttime games and they can have, they, they call like, there's like 2020 big bash. They've really souped it up where like there's hot tubs on the side that spectators sit in. And like, there's all <laughs> like that. They're, they're trying to make it as exciting as possible because historically cricket, 
I love it, but historically it's a boring game in much the same way I think people probably feel about baseball if they don't really know it. They probably think it's boring. So. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, this yeah. just ruined opening day for me. Thank you for that. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> all right, you guys. So let's, real quick, we have some other quick updates. And I know that all the Loyal Littles are patiently waiting because we went down to the final four for our Loyal Littles bracket challenge. And... Now we've gotten down to the final two, but first let's announce the leader is still, we had one day left from our last podcast. So the leader of our bracket challenge for now is still CB's caddy. That person is, I don't even know who that is, but that is the bracket that is in first place for our bracket challenge. Second place is only 10 points behind and all top three or four are all within like 30 or 40 points. So it's a great, definitely probably going to come down to the final game because no one, I believe, picked UCLA to win it all. And there's a lot of discrepancies between Houston, Baylor, and Gonzaga. So we've got plenty of high interest there. So now we get down to our clever bracket names. Our (laughs) final two. Into the championship round, which we will announce on our next podcast, we have, in no particular order, It Wasn't a Spoiler, and Clever Bracket Name. Those are our final two. It was a great final four. Use the code people and Ketchup Confessional put up great fights. They were in it the whole way. And, and But Clever Bracket Name, and It Wasn't a Spoiler, will now fight it out in our championship for our Loyal Littles Bracket name challenge is what we're calling wow. that Ketchup yeah professional didn't make it no really i, I felt like they were going to be in the final really yeah. did it was it was a good they, they put up a good fight i think it went to overtime actually oh uh, yeah yeah that, that feels right yeah. <laughs> yeah and uh so obviously our final four starts tonight we've got houston versus baylor and ucla versus gonzaga hopefully there'll be good games enjoy the games we will update you on our next podcast. We'll know all the answers, who our winner is for the bracket challenge and our names, all the other stuff we need to know. All right, you all, let's get to our Meet the Littles guest for this week. You're going to have a lot of fun. We'll be right back with Meet the Littles. This is Michael Kane. You're listening to the Loyal Littles podcast on the WTFC Podcast Network. We are being played in today by a band called Silver Lining, and this song is called Forsaken. And it's actually sent in by one of the band members' dad, Paul Reeves, and he says this is a three-piece band from Manchester, and they're all 15 years old. How about that? I always love when we get these younger people's original songs. I mean, it's it's just so great to play these. And if you like what you hear, you can find Silver Lining. They're on Spotify, SoundCloud, and Facebook. So just go to those and search Silver Lining. And as always, we will play the entire song Forsaken at the end of the podcast. Waiting for you to come back home. 
back now? Does it hit you hard? All the times we've had And all the times we've shared All right, all you loyal Littles, it's now time to meet the Littles. And we have a great guest for you today, one we've been trying to get together with for a while now. So please welcome to the show, Mr. Bob Walsh. Hey, Bob, how's it going? Hey, Chuck. Hey, Roxy. How are you doing? Doing great. Good to have you. I'm glad to be on. Thank you so much for having me. Of course. And like I said, this has been kind of a long time coming because... Now, Bob, you immediately, once the podcast started, we knew you were listening, you would email us from time to time, and so I'm just so glad we finally got to do this. And so why don't you start off and take the time and introduce yourself to all the loyal littles out there and tell us a little something about yourself. So um, I'm Bob Walsh. I live in uh, Wethersfield, Connecticut. I'm a lawyer. I work for a, an insurance company, as Jason Fuse would say. I have a wife and five children. And that's pretty much where, where I'm at at the present time. And where, where did you grow up and all that? I grew up in, for the most part, in Monticello, New York, uh, oh. uh, which you and I would call downstate, but people who live in New York would call upstate. Yeah. Uh, and went to, went to college in a uh, little college outside of Utica, New York. Went to Hamilton College. Oh, Hamilton. Okay. Yeah. Well, because this, all right, so let's pause there for a second, because already, I mean, this is hilarious, because you've named two racetracks that I grew up near. Uh, a lot of littles probably don't know this. So I grew up around racehorses and stuff like that. Monticello Raceway is a big harness track down there. I, I'm wondering if littles, do you think littles know the difference between thoroughbred and harness? I mean, maybe not. Who knows? I don't know. Uh, you know, yeah. I, I know it because I, you know, I grew up in Monticello, so I, I appreciated yeah. the difference. Uh, and then outside of Utica is a place called Vernon Downs. Vernon Downs. Yep. Yeah. Yep. That that was our main course. My cousin had had a house out there and he, a farm out there, I should say. And it was I spent almost every weekend there growing up. Yeah, so much fun and mm. just a totally different lifestyle. So now but you say now you live in Connecticut, right? Correct. So how did that all come? Was that after after college and all that? So um, after, after I graduated from college, I spent a year at the University of North Carolina in biochemistry and then uh, okay. went and spent four years working at Covenant House in New York City, basically working with, with uh, homeless kids. Oh, wow. Uh, okay. Okay. That's, and that's where I met my wife. And as I, I famously say, you know, there came a point in time when I realized that I needed to get another degree and I did was trying to decide whether I wanted to be one career path would have been social work, which is what my wife does. And the other career path was going into law. And I decided one day it just hit me. I don't want to be the second best social worker in my family. So <laughs> I, I went to law school. Oh, that's because that was going to be one of my next questions. Did you always want to go into law? And because then you're talking about chemistry, biochemistry, you said down in biochemistry. Yep. Wow. Yep. Very so. interesting. Because, yeah, so I'm assuming that's, you know, you said you met your wife there while you were because you you said you lived right here in the city near the St. James Theater at some point. Right. On your right. Form? The um, right. The community house where the staff lived, uh, the, uh, the volunteer staff lived was right in that corner. It, so St. James is right there on 46th Street. Right. Uh huh. And we had a basically a complex of rooms and buildings and whatnot in that on that block. Wow. So anyway, so um, no. so went went to law school at the University of Connecticut. For the most part, we I've been here the, uh, ever since. Gotcha. Wow. Okay. So now, so you have moved around a little bit, but you 
you said you grew up in New York, so I'm guessing I know the answer to this, but your favorite sport, favorite team? Well, so growing up, it was, I don't necessarily have a favorite favorite sport. I'll I'll watch anything except for cricket, which I don't really understand. (laughs) Um, I hear you. and, And I was a pretty diehard Yankees fan and a Dallas Cowboys fan for a long time until about the point where the Yankees built a new stadium, which nobody can afford to go to, and the Cowboys decided that they were going to sign convicted uh, abusers. So right. that I kind of just that really sort of made me turn me off to sort of that part that part of things. And so I actually started watching NASCAR. Um, oh, neat! And fortunately for me, one of our clients was a, a company called Furniture Row out in Colorado, and their owner Barney, Barney Visser owned happened to also own a, a uh, furniture row racing company and so it was pretty easy for men uh, to sort of created an instant rooting interest right and their driver martin truex jr is just one of the nicest guys on the planet he and his uh, girlfriend uh, Shea, uh, sherry Pollux have a great story and so it's just been sort of a natural thing so my company has a fairly strict policy in terms of my ability to accept gifts but for reasons which I won't go into unless you're going to make me. <laughs> uh, we, we lived in Pennsylvania for a little bit, and we've actually only recently, within the last year or so, I've, have I moved back to the to Connecticut. But so I had an opportunity because Pocono Raceway is down; it was only an hour oh, away right. from where we were living. And so I called and I said, "Look, my daughter and I would like to meet Martin." I said, "You can't do any. I, I can't accept anything. I have to buy all my own stuff, and I, I'm happy to do it." I said, but if you can arrange it so that we could meet him, that would be awesome. And so um, Fiona and I got to, a chance to go down Pocono, got pit passes, were able to walk in the garage. There's a great picture, I think, on Facebook of her with uh, the Blue 78 in the background. So it was a great day and uh, a great opportunity. And like I said, it's a great story, and, and it, he's an easy person to root for. Oh, wow. That's, that's really neat. Now, oh. you're going to laugh if I tell you how I – I was never a, a big NASCAR fan. I always liked racing cars and stuff. But I always just thought just going in this circle was so boring. Now there's art. What are the are they the formula something formula whatever formula cars one. that yeah formula ones that go like the the courses are not just oval. You know what I'm right. saying? Yep. So those I would find a little intriguing until it was when PlayStation Two first came out and I <laughs> I got it and I got NASCAR 2001. So I'm dating myself a little bit. Put the thing in and. I actually sat in front of that television, and I forget which race it was, probably like the Indy 500 or whatever, and it literally took me three hours to run this race, because it's almost like real time, and I paused probably like twice in that amount of time to go to the bathroom, but other than that, I just sat there in front of the TV and went in this oval just to feel like what it would feel like. I gained so much respect for NASCAR drivers after that, Yeah. because I was like, how crazy is this? And then to think that they're in these cars that are going that fast... And to do that for that long, and I know they go in for pit stops and things like that, but it's I, I just can't even fathom what's that like. Right, and it's know? not like they get out of the cars. And actually, to stretch, NASCAR, right. Yeah, they, NASCAR's done a really interesting thing, though, with, with COVID, because they've really sort of truncated. There's no practice sessions or anything like that, so they go to track, and, and you 
you get in the car wow. and you go. And, and wow. it's been pretty difficult. But because of that, they've NASCAR seems to have been able, willing to sort of expand what they do. So up in Watkins Glen, there's a road course that they usually that they have run a number of years, and that has lots of turns in it. And so what they've done is this year they've introduced. I think they're doing four or five different road courses, so there'll be extra turns for you there. Uh, Chuck. Oh, okay. And then uh, <laughs> and then the other thing they're going to do in two weeks, which I think is just crazy in the in Bristol Tennessee the raceway there they're actually bringing in dirt and they're it's going to be a dirt race whoa um, what so really? I, I know it's 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 either going to be spectacular or it's going to be a horrible flop but I, it's going to be interesting to watch now there was a course up near speaking of upstate uh, it was Lebanon Valley Speedway it was called and that they had a lot of dirt races up there and that was right. always interesting and fun so now, let's go into – I want to get into more of your family. You have one daughter, or how many daughters do you have? I have a son and four daughters. You have a son and four daughters. Okay. Yes. I blew that. Okay, I was <laughs> way off on that. Uh, I did not take the over on that. So, But you did great form. Now, you said, <laughs> tying back to the TK show, and Roxy, I don't know if you saw this or not, but one of them had a walk-on role in a Hallmark Christmas movie? That is correct. So about – Eight or nine years ago, Connie and I decided we had three of our kids were in college. We decided that we didn't want to, that uh, West Hartford was just was too expensive for us. And so we decided that we were going to move back to her hometown of Scranton, Pennsylvania, and because I could work remotely from there and sort of take my salary and, and move it. And so we lived in uh, lived in, in outside of Scranton for uh, for about seven years. Well, about five years into that, Connie got a call from the from the place where she had that she had left uh, to go to move to Scranton, basically, and asked her if she would like her old job back and decided we sat down and thought about it a lot. And, um, and for a whole bunch of reasons, it, it made sense for her to, her to do that. But Fiona was at that point about halfway through her sophomore year in high school. And so we basically did a deal where Connie came up to Connecticut and lived, got an apartment and lived here. And Fiona and I stayed in Pennsylvania until Fiona graduated from high school. Uh, and so we would go back and forth on the weekends. Well, the apartment that Connie had happened to be in a historical house that's owned by the Weathersfield Historical Society. Mm-hmm. And the Historical Society was approached by Hallmark wanting to do uh, this movie in Weathersfield because it has like as gazebos and all kinds of stuff. And Connie was living, literally living on the, in the apartment on the second floor of this building that they wanted to film the, uh, the movie in. So Connie basically said, we'd love to do that. Wondering if Fiona can get a to get a walk-on role, and and there were a lot of townsfolks that were uh, were walk-ons throughout in the crowd scenes and stuff like that. So Fiona Fiona is prominently uh, shown in the uh, in the cocktail party scene. Yeah, that yeah. is amazing. <laughs> yeah, no, but the obvious question is, was there a gazebo involved? There is a gazebo. In, Did she get to go in that? Or I mean, so no, I mean, <laughs> don't. <laughs> so there's a gazebo here all the time. Right. Um, gotcha. So. Small towns, yep. Yeah. Right. They all now, have them. <laughs> something, you know, we have so much more to get into, and so we need to take a quick break soon. But why don't, first, why don't we get into real quick, how did you start listening to Tony, and how did you get involved with all that? To be honest, I have no idea. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right. Let's take a quick break then. And we'll be right now. I'm just kidding. <laughs> That's a great answer. <laughs> I, I, I've been listening to Tony for close to 20 years. Fiona, who spends the most time in the car with me, she'll say, you know, ESPN 980, so you know how far back we go. Oh, um, right, right. 
but I honestly, I was, I, and I knew you were going to ask that question. I've been racking my brain, and I honestly, you know, have no idea. I mean, I know that it was when I first got my iPod, you know, that it was one of the things that I downloaded onto it. But I'm not a PTI person. Oh, I only watch I only watch PTI when I know that you know somebody that I know is going to be on uh, on uh, fortune teller. Fortune teller, right? <laughs> right? But other than that. So that it wasn't that way. I, I'm not. I honestly am not sure how I stumbled upon uh, him, but uh, but I did. That's, so. That's cool. We haven't heard yeah. a story like that yet. Right. I know. And so, and your your wife is a tiny, right? She's not. She is a very supportive tiny. Yeah. A very supportive <laughs> tiny. Gotcha. Very gotcha. supportive tiny. Gotcha. That's great. And now you'd also said on our lovely sheet that you turned into us that you have another daughter who works for Indochino. That's right. So um, <laughs> my, my, my so my middle daughter, both Fiona, the one I've been talking about, and and Maeve, both are into fashion. They mm-hmm. live together in Brooklyn. They uh, but and Maeve actually. Uh, got this job at Indochino and that was what uh, caused her to move from where she was at the time to New York. And so she's worked there for, she's worked at, in, in, at one of the brick and mortar stores uh, for, for, I guess, almost two years. And interestingly enough, one of the, her first encounters was, you know, at Indochino, she, somebody came in and she was taking measurements and, and there, she said, you know, excuse me, she said, we're supposed to ask you know, how did you hear about us? And the person sort of scuffled around and, you know, so it's kind of embarrassing, but I heard about it on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and to which, of course, my daughter said, are you a little? And uh, I said, yes, yeah, yes, I am. Wow. And we never figured out who that was. So if they're listening and they're at Adadaya, just, you know, tweet me, you know, let me know. Because I'd love to know who, th- I'd love to know who that was. I know. We would too. Another- Wow, that's hilarious. That's fantastic, though. And I, I little did we know, Roxy, uh, we have little neighbors here in Brooklyn. We're yeah, in that's great. So that's kind of neat. So, all right. So, Bob, you can stick around, right? We have so much more I to can. get to. Okay, yep. great. You know, that's another thing we think would be hilarious if one of our guests one day said, nope, got to go. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, keep, I keep waiting. <laughs> right. Well, you've got to stick around because we got to talk about Summer of Littles. We've got so much more to talk about. So, Littles, we'll be right back with Meet the Littles. You're listening to the Loyal Littles Podcast on the WTFC Podcast Network. And I'm not. Welcome back to the Loyal Littles Podcast, and we are so fortunate to have Bob Walsh with us today. So we need to get right into this because it's a, a huge topic. We're hoping, we're hoping, we're hoping. It's it's looking good. I don't want to jinx anything, but Summer of Littles. So we're hoping this can happen. Bob, can you go into that and just explain to all the Littles a little bit about that? Sure. There's a little bit of history to it, and so if you let me to sort of just uh, um, yeah, absolutely. go on We'd for love a, to... a bit. That'd be great. So, you know, so as I said, I, while I don't remember uh, how it is that I started listening to Tony, in fact, I did start listening to Tony, and so I do remember that it was Paul McCartney tickets. An original uh, jingle contest was uh, where people were trying to win that Negrelli won. I remember that. And so being on Twitter, there's a very, as you know, there's a, it's a very sort of robust Twitter community of the, you know, or subset of the little are uh, do Twitter. And so I 
was, uh, you know, following along, and, you know, and as people would be added, I would start adding things, and then somehow or other I heard about Speaking of Tangents, and so I started listening to that, and, and they were heavily into Twitter because that was their mailbag, right, so that they, at the end of every, sh- every show, that they would basically uh-huh. uh, read from Twitter comments that sure. had been made with respect to the previous show. And so I, I sort of was introduced to a, a whole bunch of people, and one day, honestly, I would was listening and KJ and Jason were taking a quiz where they were playing bird calls and trying to figure out what bird it was. Okay. And I just, I said, God, this just stinks. And so I just, I, I sat down and, and it was a little bit writing a quiz. It was a little bit of a challenge because I wanted it to involve music because it, that would keep Jason interested. And, and I, but I don't know very much about music. And so I was concerned that I would ask a question and, you know, and it would blow up on me because I hadn't researched it properly or, or whatever. But I, so I wrote that first quiz. And, of course, that, believe it or not, the first quiz, the last question in the first quiz was the Beetlejuice question, you know, which it took, oh, KJ, wow. took KJ eight minutes to answer. <laughs> um, and that just sort of created a, this enormous deal where I think when all was said and done, they had answered, uh, I don't know, uh, over 150 questions from then until uh, when they finished up their podcast. But it, it, again, it gave me sort of an intro to the, into this Twitterverse. And at one point, I made a comment about Kansas on one of the, on either Facebook or Twitter, and Jamie Julian came after me because she hates Kansas with the passion of ten thousand suns. And I, you know, and I was at first, I was a little bit taken aback, and I just, you know, I said, "Oh my God, did I really upset this woman?" And it turns out I really did upset her, but she wasn't upset at me. She just just hates Kansas. And you know, uh, and it's so, a shame that Jamie doesn't let people know her feelings right. yeah it you really know, is just, i yeah. wish she would get a little more yeah yeah anyway go ahead sorry <laughs> so um i was and so i i pulled a suzanne nichols and uh basically i was going to be on business out in colorado jamie and rob had moved out there and i want to say four or five months earlier and so i just said listen i'm going to be out in colorado for business i'm going to probably be finished about 4 30 do you want to meet for a drink and they did and so we went, we, wow. and it was funny because we, we met in a little, one of these little micro breweries and, uh, and had a drink and sort of, I, I'm sure that they were feeling me out to see whether I, or I was, it was weird or whether they were willing to have dinner with me that, you know, if they didn't want to, they didn't want to commit. So we actually went somewhere or somewhere else for dinner where incidentally, Rob was his first amazing burger or uh, the first one he ever tried because right. being a vegetarian. And so they sort of said to me, well, aren't, are you going to Jingle Fest? Because this was, I think, in April, and Jingle Fest was going to be in June. And I, I said, I, you know, I'm not sure, because despite everything that you may think based upon what you're hearing from me, I'm really a very shy person, and, I, you know, and I'm, I'm the person who will walk into the party uh, and not know anybody and, like, hang out for 30 minutes and then walk out. Right? Okay. I have to have somebody to sort of get me to introduce me around. That I, I won't. I'm just not a self-starter in that particular way. And so too bad that Jamie's such a wallflower, you know, because she would never right. you know, do anything like that. Yeah, so right. um, so they convinced me that I needed to go. They had an extra ticket because Rob was a performer, so that, you know, his was gratis. So uh, they gave me the ticket, and I drove down by myself to uh, do that. And so now, I was can there. you pause there for a second? Sure. So your wife and daughters, did they understand where you were going and what you were doing? They did. They uh, okay. Connie and Connie and Fiona clearly understood. My sister-in-law, though, at one point when Connie was explaining this to her, said, he's not a member of a cult, is he? I mean, that's not what's going on. <laughs> so anyway, so I went, I went down. I think I drove down for – I was there Friday morning. We did the uh, Speaking of Tangents podcast that afternoon. 
and then and then we had a family emergency and I had to come back before attending the actual Jingle Fest part. And as I'm driving back and I'm thinking about all this, it occurs to me, first of all, it's a wonderful group of people, right? They're outgoing and smart and just everybody was wonderful. And I thought, God, wouldn't it be great if everybody could have that experience, right? Yeah. That we could sort of turn this virtual community into something a little bit more. And then it occurred to me that, you well, know, that's what Jingle Fest is, right? It's the gathering of these people. And then I thought to myself, but there are people who have children, who have other obligations. Or live it's, halfway it's not, across the country. Right, right. Whatever, halfway right. across the country. It, it's not an inexpensive proposition if you want to, even if you're driving, right? I thought to myself, wouldn't it be cool if, if we could do it, do something like that locally? And this was back when Tony was taking the summers off before COVID. Uh, and basically he would finish up, I think, near the end of June or, or maybe even earlier than that. Yeah, and then it start, It's always around July right, 4th, yeah. Right, and wouldn't start again until September. And so I thought, well, why don't we pick the weekend that's right in the middle of that and we'll get pe- encourage people to gather locally, right, and so that they can meet mm-hmm. each other. And so we started the Summer of Littles. And the first time we did it, we were, we, I think we ended up with sort of five places around the country where people uh, gathered. We did it right in Weathersfield, um, and, uh, you know, the Millers came up North Carolina for that, or I'm sorry, up from Virginia. Claire came down from Boston. We had terrific, uh, a terrific time, and, but like I said, just five venues. And so the second year, I, I was a little bit more aggressive about it in, term, in terms of Twitter and whatnot. We actually had one of the venues, we had a venue in Australia, and we had a venue in England, and we ended up with, I think, about 120 people at, at various venues all around the country. Mary Faye had hosted one yeah. uh, down in Texas, and Gary Braun actually went out to where DACA, um, and there was a whole bunch of the Washington Littles who did that. And so, the, again, but the whole point of it was there are things which keep this community from sort of getting a chance to meet each other in person. And they're such good people that it, it, I just wanted to – it just occurred to me that this was something that we could do that would allow these, these wonderful individuals who only know each other virtually to, to meet. This summer, COVID pervi- permitting, uh, August 7th, we're going to do, uh, uh, do it again. Summer of little 3.1 is how, what Ed Budd had – has uh, dubbed it. Um, Ed, Ed okay. being one of the other very, very strong supporters of this. Actually, when you guys, when I announced that um, in, I think, January that we were to save the date and you were kind enough to put it on, I think we have upwards of uh, at least 10 people who've already sort of volunteered to be uh, hosts for various venues. So I'm, wow. I'm, like I said, COVID permitting, I'm very hopeful that this is going to be a, a big thing yeah. because there was no Jingle Fest this year. This, this is going to be a folks' opportunity to get together, and so I'm hoping that they'll take it. Oh, oh I great. Hope can. That'll be great. And Roxy and I will do our best to get there. But we're coming close, hopefully, to reopening here in New York for the smaller theater venues which luckily my show is in one of those. In one breath, I want to say, I hope I can be at the 3.1 Summer of Littles. And then in another breath, I hope I can say I'll work. Listen, you guys have been extremely supportive of that. And I'm very appreciative. And um, and I'm sure all Littles are as well. So We'll even start announcing venues if people send them into us, whatever we can do. So Okay, cool. That'll be great. So now going back to the show a little bit. Now, you said you got down to chatter. It. Correct. And was that for Jingle Fest? You went to Jingle Fest at one point. I was in Chatter twice for uh, for the, the Jingle Fest. The second time, actually, Connie went with me. Oh, great! Uh, and uh, yes, yeah, so she and she and Michelle Miller have created this uh, this bond that could be a little daunting, um, actually, at times. 
you know, M- Michelle crocheted a, a humongous Afghan for uh, when my grandson was born. So, um, yeah, John and Michelle are good people. So. Oh, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, that was that was a fun interview we had with her. Yep. And uh, John actually jumped on for a few minutes, which is kind of yep. nice. So that was kind of fun. So, Bob, another one for the show. Have you ever had email uh, read on the show? You've had a few. I have had a few read on the show. Probably the my favorite is the last one, and it really was, re- again, recounting a, a story with Fiona where uh, I'm driving her to school, stopped at a red light, and she uh, turns to me and says, you don't really love me. <laughs> I said, what? What? <laughs> she, said, she said, you don't really love me. And I, I look up, and the car in front of us is a Subaru. So oh, I, she's li- I thought she, she was going to say something listening. like, you're still playing this podcast. <laughs> no, no, no. She, she says she's not listening, but she's listening enough to get that joke. That is so funny. Right. That is fantastic. <laughs> that is great. So, And then somewhere in the ar- archives, the jingle archives, there's an acapella version of a blues tune that I did, which uh, bemoans the fact that not many of my re- emails have been read. And so if somebody wants to pick that up and, and put guitar, a guitar lick to it, I, w- I wouldn't object. Yeah, yeah but, little songs. Uh, Yep. Right, on little songs. It's posted there, but no, it's never been played. And like I said, I think it needs a guitar because I did it a cappella. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, I see. Gotcha. Okay. All right. So now we just have some other fun newer questions. I mean, but speaking of music, if you hosted Saturday Night Live, who would you like to introduce as your musical guest? Okay. You mean if the Diane Kruger effect isn't available? I guess we should assume. Well, no, we could assume, <laughs> yes, I guess we could assume they are available. I mean, yes, that would be fine, I guess. Right. So, so my first choice would be the Diane Kruger effect, but I guess Tina Aguilera. Oh, good one. Okay. Yeah. Now, going back, we have to, of course, because you brought it up. Now, are you, is the, the book pre-ordered or Your guess is that, as good as mine. Uh, no, I, I can't. I, I'm looking forward to the book, but you know, God knows you know, when that's going to come out. It's just, uh, you yeah. know, well, they say they're proofreading it. Today. Proofread? Yes, you know, yes. Right. Yeah, you know, it's going to be fascinating, but, you know, who knows? Uh, now, this is a newer one that's kind of interesting because we've made it very clear that you were a Yankee fan for a while. And stuff. But give me a team or franchise that isn't one of your personal favorites, but you really respect them from afar. Let me answer that question a little bit differently, and that is is that – so one of the things I think that I've, I've realized is is that I, I'm rooting less for teams than I am sort of for individuals, right? And so great debate in my house is that I was rooting for Brady to win the Super Bowl because I just you – know, I think that excellence should be rewarded, and my, the women in my family think he's – a horrible individual and don't understand how I could possibly root for him. And so I, I'm much more likely at this point to follow an individual they get traded from place to place because I don't, and Jer, I think Jerry Seinfeld said, right, I'm not rooting for the laundry. I'm actually rooting for the, that particular person. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so we have a deep question, if that's okay. Okay. Uh, would you rather be the best player on a team that always loses or the worst player on a team that always wins? So I've been thinking about this question, too, because you've been asking this for a little while. And I think the answer to the question is I just want to play. I don't have to be the best, but I don't want to ride the bench. I just I just want to be able to play. So I I realize that. So that's the second question I've sort of taken completely off the rails for you. I apologize for that. (laughs) No, no, not necessarily. I understand. That's a totally legit answer, because actually that was one of the first questions when someone referred it to us as a basketball question, so to speak. They were like, well, am I one of the starting five or am I 10th on the bench? So there is a big difference because, I mean, you could be the fifth starter, but clearly not. LeBron, you know, yep. you're not the best player on that team. So, 
Well, Bob, we can't thank you enough for taking the time to meet the Littles and all that. Uh, I know we briefly talked, but let's plug it again. Summer of Littles 3.1 is in August. So. Correct. So follow that particular on Twitter. It's at Summer of Littles 2. Okay, so at Summer of Littles 2. Correct. Correct. August 7th. Just okay. you know, keep close to your social media because we'll, uh, we'll be announcing venues and hosts and, and, and all those sort of things that are in terms of where to go and who to look for. Stay close to the Loyal Littles podcast because we will be airing it. We'll give you updates on venues and all that stuff as well here. Bob, how can we find you? You're on Twitter, right? I am at Adidiah, A-D-I-D-I-A-H. All right. And then I would also just in terms of uh, you know where your attention should be, I would commend you to both to Steve Oswald and uh, been on this show and just does a great job there in Milwaukee and his humanitarian efforts are always, I think, worth uh, people's attention, as is Rocco's Warriors, uh, you know, the foundation that was started under the name of Robert Berg's uh, nephew. If you have spare cash, those are two very, very uh, worthy places to send it. Couldn't agree with you more. So, Bob, as an homage to the show, we'll get you out of here on this. Over or under? I am so over that I've converted people to being over. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I thought you were going to so say, I'm cool. over it. Like, I'm so over it. I I'm so ask, over, I'm over it. <laughs> well, thank you so much again. We really appreciate the time. All right, all you loyal littles, we'll be right back. This is Sully from Boston. Never revere. And you're listening to the Loyal Littles Podcast on the WTFC Podcast Network. Welcome back to the Loyal Littles podcast. And thank you so much, Bob, for coming on and all the information. You know, Summer of Littles, we hope it's going to happen. We think it's going to happen. I can't wait. One thing I did want to kind of update a little bit was we were kind of busting on Diane Kruger effect and their book and everything. I do want to update a little bit that there was a tweet out there that I believe Jason Fuse put out that does say the PDF is available now. It's $10. Hit them up. I'm sure you're all already following that on Twitter if you're interested. So apparently it is out there. It also says if you want a physical book, let them know. So it sounds like this is all going to come to fruition. I just want to make sure we put that out there. And so why don't we get to our Friday Five, everyone? Now, I do have to say, I mean, right from the get-go, bravo, Eric Londrigan, once again, outdoing himself. Standing ovation. Yeah, standing ovation. So Chuck and Simon, you're going to have to get on the Smart and Funny page somehow so you can actually even see these because each question was accompanied by an amazing cartoon. It's, oh. it's they're just amazing. Excellent. Yes. Maybe you could put that on the Instagram or something. <laughs> well, That's I'm sure he's put it on his. Well, I don't know if he has Instagram. Eric, do you have, have Instagram? Instagram? He does. He does okay. have Instagram. He follows us. I was oh, going to say great. he follows me, but he follows the Loyal Littles podcast. All right. So, Roxy, why don't you start us off? What's the first Friday Five? Number one. If you could have any one superpower, what would you choose? Simon, what do you got? There are no limits to this, right? Because nope. I, I think I'd probably just go time travel, you know? Ooh. Yeah. Good uh, one. Yeah, I mean, you know, I'll be messing with the time-space continuum, but on the upside, I, I'd literally be able to just think of all the great things you could do. Win the lottery, all, all those all those classic tropes. Yes. Yeah. I always wondered how that works. Like, could you actually win the lottery? I feel like there'd be rules. Uh, once, like, once you time travel back, would your memory be erased? Like, well, that's Chuck, why did you not see Back conditions. to the Future? <laughs> I mean, yes, but no. Roxy, what was the name of that show that we really liked? That- I was just going there. Get out of my head, Chuck. Uh, <laughs> Timeless. 
was probably my favorite show or anything related to time travel. I mean, Back to the Future, obviously, but I mean, current, more current TV, movie, whatever, Timeless was amazing. And if anything changed, if they changed history, even in the slightest, then their whole world when they came back to present day would be different. Like if, yeah, well, like, oh, it was so good. It was so good. Yeah. Butterfly effect. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Chuck, what do you got? Well, I like that answer about time travel. I kind of can't take a good one. No, I'm not taking it. My, my original thought was invisible invisibility. Chuck and Killing. Creepy. Nice. I like that. (laughs) Well, no, it's funny because that's what I was thinking. Was it? Okay. No, no. That's what I was thinking. Is it, does that make us like warriors? I mean, I don't know. I just, well, I just you could turn it on and off whenever you want. So, like, if you wanted to get away from something, you could also just turn invisible and oh no, mine scoot out. Mine's more for pure dishiness. Like, I want to know what people are saying about me, kind of thing. You know, like <laughs> I want to be in the room where people are talking fly about me, but they don't. Right, exactly, busy body. Exactly. I, mean, I would want to fly. One of you has a noble cause, and one of you less less noble. Right, got it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Roxy, what do you got? I would want the ability to fly. I dream about flying all the time. And I think that would just be so cool to like zip around in the air, like Superman, Supergirl, and just fly. I think that'd be so fun. I could see you in a Supergirl costume. Oh Alex. boy. Let's keep uh, PG people. Uh, we'll get there. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, you got number two? What's number two? Yeah. Number two. Who is the funniest person that you know? Mm-hmm. Wait, you're thinking about this, Chuck? Yeah, I mean, like, how, do you have to actually know them, or some, or the funniest person that you know of? Well, I'm a little hurt right at the moment. Um, so, <laughs> sure, no, it, it, I, I don't think it matters. I think it can mean comedian. I think it can mean anything. No, I'm not gonna say you, Chuck. I know you want me to, but I'm not. No. Gonna say <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess I'm gonna have to say Jerry Seinfeld. I mean, Seinfeld, the show, just, I mean, that was nonstop laughter for me, and it just kind of redefined how you told jokes and you kind of looked at humor. And then now he has this coffee and cars thing, and it's just as funny. So I, I think ongoing. Wait, he's got I mean, what? I don't know what you're talking about. It's a show called uh, Comics and Coffee. Yeah, Comics Comedians and cars. and cars with Coffee, right? Yeah. yeah. So, yeah that's it. And they he picks up like different comedians and kind of interviews them while they're cruising around in these historic automobiles, and they go to a coffee shop and they just hang out. And it right. still cracks me up every time he's on. So whether so it's like carpool karaoke. Or, uh, maybe a little bit, yeah. I don't, yeah, I, all right. I would get similar premise, yeah. But anyway, I think he's hysterical. Well, and that, I mean, yeah, I'm going to go with uh, Larry David. Speaking of Seinfeld. Nice. Like, it's got to be Larry David. Uh, Cobra Enthusiasm just cracks me up. Seinfeld, obviously, is absolutely genius. So, yeah, Larry David for me. Roxy. Oh, gosh. Not Does sure. it have to be a real person? Because I think Mrs. Maisel on The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel is clearly the funniest person that I know. But I think I should really credit the writers for that show. Right. Um, but she has a great delivery. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe totally. credit the director a little bit, too. But no, that's a great one. All right. So let's move on to the next one. If what is the best thing you can do? Chuck. Yeah. What? I don't need to know. <laughs> You all are the funniest people I know. Oh, wow. And I appreciate you. So there you go. What is the best thing you can cook? Oh, for me, no problem. Eggs. Any kind of eggs you want, I got it. Scrambled, (laughs) over easy, poached, fried. I'm the master. Ah, nice. Master. So Easter's a big event for you, I assume. Well, no, I don't call it. Hard boil? 
No, I cook them. I don't, I don't decorate them. Have you ever made those cloud eggs where you separate the egg whites and then you whisk them into like clouds and then you put it on a baking sheet and then you put the yolk back in the middle so that the egg white is like what? a cloudy thing with Wait, like I've a, the egg yolk to. in the middle. No, I have not. To. Put that on your list, Chuck. That. I don't a good know that. One. Where do I That's find a really that? good one. Well, you just do it yourself. You just separate the whites from the yolk, keep the yolk to mm -hmm. one side whisk the whites up so that they're nice and fluffy like properly whisk it like you would a meringue and then yeah. do dollops of that on a baking sheet then put the yolk back in the middle so then it looks like it's like the egg white is like a cloud that the yolk Whoa. is, on. is yeah, this anybody... like on the youtube probably, probably yeah i just i just you know during lockdown i had a lot of time to to try, try that to sounds good chuck sounds like you should pick a new thing because it doesn't sound like you're the master yeah, yeah, I, don't know. I don't know shit hey i was pretty happy with eggs i could have said hot dogs yeah you should have said hot dogs chuck all right roxy what do you got i've been told that i make really good potato salad and really good candied sweet potatoes so yeah we talk thanksgiving dish thanksgiving dish and then the nice summer side salad ish not really a salad, a side dish with the potato salad. But honestly, I got the recipe from my mom who got the recipe from the Hellman's mayonnaise jar. So <laughs> gotcha. um, I'm, well, I'm not really sure if I just follow the recipe. <laughs> well, mine's pretty similar. I would say I make a mean waffle. Now, of course, that's just from Bisquick and I follow the recipe, but you know, you have to make sure you cook it right. You Now, I do have a little secret ingredient that I like to add. Uh, <laughs> I know what it is. <laughs> I add a little, little touch of sugar, a little touch of sugar to the batter. Sweetens mean, it right up. You mean Chuck. equal? Dang, tomato, tomato. Um, <laughs> and, Are you saying that you basically make a batter and just pour it on the waffle maker and then you're calling that cooking? Well, he does, um, he well, doesn't just do the ready-made where you just mix it with water. He'll like, he puts other stuff in it. Roxy, I appreciate you coming to my defense, so but I can handle water. myself. Chuck, at least I don't use an <laughs> Instapot for everything. <laughs> what did you say, Simon? So you're putting, so uh, Roxy, I believe you said he puts more in, but I think from what I've heard, you put sugar into the mix. <laughs> Well, yes, but it's not it's not sugar. It's equal. It's a packet of equal. How dare I? He puts equal into and the I, mix. And I put my heart into it. He does. <laughs> I put, put my soul into it, depending on the day, depending on how I'm feeling. So I think it's best if you just go to number four. Yeah. <laughs> this one's a little tricky. I feel so. like if we got together for a party, it'd be like the peanuts, you know, doing Thanksgiving where we <gasps> popcorn. And popcorn. Toast. Wait, that yeah, would crap. be so fun. Take salad. All right. Um, <laughs> if I am in the same room with you right now, that's scary thought. And I say, hand me that thing, scarier thought. What's the first thing you think of? Remote. Yeah, that's a good answer. Phone. Like your yeah. you know, iPhone, whatever. Simon? I'm, I'm just going to be honest. It'd be my underwear. I, I'm recording this in my, uh, in my closet. Because <laughs> um, this is where I do my voiceover, so I get the best sound. And literally in front of my face is 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 a lot of my underwear. So. Roxy, can you get to number five quickly, please? <laughs> <laughs> that's first of all, that's, that's the a great answer. answer. We've had. That's the best yep. answer we've had all day. Okay. Uh, number five. What was the last costume that you wore? Oh well, Simon's already answered. Uh, and <laughs> just kidding, Simon. What is it? I I think Halloween. I went as a as an uh, Q-tip. I can't, I don't know why. <laughs> 
I, oh, I, I know it's because I had nothing with me. I it was like somewhere else, and so I just had some white clothes, and then I just put a bunch of cotton buds on my head, and I was a I was a Q-tip. Yeah, right. that's amazing. <laughs> Excellent, Chuck. Yeah, it's gonna have to be hell. Obviously, it was Halloween, and I can't remember that far back what I went. Oh, as. sure, it was Halloween, Chuck. Uh-huh. <laughs> no, I think I, I. What's coming to mind is, and I don't remember if this this year or last year, but. I got, went to the hardware store and got paint swatches, and I got 50 gray paint swatches and pasted them on my shirt. And I went as 50 shades of gray. That's good. That's good. Well, if we're relating it to my job, it was what I wore for the parade this past Thanksgiving. But if uh, we're referring to something that was more recreational, then I was Rosie the Riveter for Halloween. Nice. Good, good. Yeah, that's a yeah. good costume. Yeah, that was I, really fun. I mean, I guess mine just has to be the Charlie Brown shirt. I wear it all the time, though. So I, I don't know if that <laughs> works as a costume, but I really, I can't think of any other costumes I've ever really gotten into. You know, for any Office fans out there, that's such a gym kind of costume because yeah. it's like you don't put any thought into it anymore. You just throw on the shirt. Like he would throw on like three dots on his shirt and he was like oh i'm three hole punch jim or hi i'm dave you know <laughs> well, I, was gonna say, I think therefore for next halloween for the sake of your listeners you really should try and push the boat out and do something good for your costume and then put pictures everywhere no yeah. maybe i'm you sure all the listeners would agree yeah, yeah probably i mean yeah. for the record i mean i did i believe say this on another previous episode that there was one halloween there where i did i felt went above and beyond by putting the Charlie Brown shirt on, but then on top of that, getting the bed sheet and cutting all the round holes in it. Yeah. Because he had a little mm-hmm. trouble with the scissors, and I wore that. And I thought that was pretty clever. But again, not much effort, but it was clever, I thought. So anyway, that's that's my thing. I don't know. All I can say is Eric Londrigan, bravo, sir, once yep. again with the Friday Five. Check out his stuff on Instagram. Roxy, do you have that? I do. He is at Eric Londergan, E-R-I-C-L-O-N-D-E-R-G-A-N. Check out all his stuff over there. It's fantastic, I'm sure. And uh, speaking of Instagram, now, Simon, I was uh, I do scroll the Instagram pages every once in a while. And I saw you had now you did this about a year ago. Can you go into this thing that you did when you had to. When the pandemic hit, you went right to London, right? To go home. Is that true? Yeah. Yeah. Basically, my my mum was just uh, gave me so much guilt that I had no choice but to go home. And uh, but I wanted to uh, protect my parents by not, you know, infecting them because this, this is before we knew anything, really. Sure. And so you were coming from New York City, which was I was coming from New York, which apparently parts. was the worst place in the world at the time. So I basically was like, OK, I'll come home, but I don't want to be in contact with you guys for two weeks just to be on the safe side. So my dad erected a ladder outside the window of my bedroom. And I literally went in and out of my room. If I needed to go outside, I could go out the ladder and go up and down the ladder. And otherwise, I had no interaction with them. So, like, you know, they would drop off dinner. Or if I wanted to go outside, they'd serve breakfast outside. Or anyway, obviously, as you can imagine, it heightened to stupid scenarios because there wasn't any live sport in England at the time either. So I was like, can you guys play a game of soccer outside my window so I can get the experience of live sport? And uh, my parents were, were game about it and, and took part in all these silly things to keep me entertained. And I did document it and put it on Instagram. And as it is now about a year later, feel free to check it out. If you go to www.lonelyladder.com, then I believe all of my episodes are up on there. And it's all true. Well, I mean, it's exaggerated, but I actually did have to climb out of that window using the ladder for 14 days. 
Yeah. yeah littles. Wow. I mean, I know, I know I'm partial, but these are pretty funny. I have to admit when they, they helped me get through this pandemic, we were, <laughs> well, we're still in it, but a year ago, especially, I mean, freaking hilarious. So what, what was that website again? Lonelyladder.com. Yeah. Or you can go to my Instagram, which is just at Simon Pearl. So check that out, Littles, because that's that's pretty fantastic. So Chuck, what what's on your uh, Instagram? Anything good these days or what's going on? Yeah, you? you can go you can go to my page and see yesterday's Baltimore skunk of the Red Sox opening Chuck. day. <laughs> Rip it. All right. And what is your Instagram? How can yeah, people Chuck. find you? Oh, I have no idea. You don't <laughs> <laughs> All right, loyal littles, we're going to get <laughs> Here's a new contest. Whoever can find Chuck's Instagram page, write to us. Where can they contact us, Roxy? <laughs> you can email us at wtfcpodnet at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter at loyal littles pod, on Instagram at the loyal littles podcast, and also on our Facebook page, the loyal littles podcast. Now, I'd like to say you could find Chuck because he's followed us on Instagram, but I don't think he has. So that's not going to help you. So Aren't you anyway, supposed to send me a request or something? Well, you could do the work yourself, Chuck, and find us. <laughs> We've only announced it like 12 times now. Well, <laughs> you have just been requested. Oh, hey, all right. Look at that. Roxy's <laughs> on top of it. All I have on to do it. is point and click. Yep. <laughs> Thank you, all you loyal listeners. Thank you to our guest again, Bob Walsh. And thank you, Sully from Boston and Sean Morrissey for our bumpers. We really appreciate those. They're, they're really they're really great. And as always, if you're out shopping online tonight, everyone, use, use the code. Have a good weekend, everyone. Enjoy the games. Enjoy the baseball. Yeah. Goodbye. It's like Baylor. It's so weird. weird. Chuck, Baylor. It's a Baylor. 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 It's a joke. You fried on my heart. For I'm not the man that I was long ago I say it's what you want, but you say it's what you need But we both know, we go our separate ways You broke my heart just to see me bleed My soul, your pride, your destiny You sent Mother Nature out at sea Cause you kneel and pray to the harvest moon You forgave your sins as you forged for food You left me forsaken from my own life state waiting for you to come back home when you look back now does it hit you hard all the times we've had and all the 
times we've shared Cause you broke my heart just to see me bleed My soul, your pride, your destiny You sent mother nature out at sea You kneel and pray to the harvest moon You forgave your sins as you forged for food You left me forsaken for my own life podcast is produced by the WTFC Podcast Network and edited by Louis B. Crocco. And the Loyal Littles podcast logo is designed and drawn by Eric Lonergan. Oh, yeah.